This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I want to talk to you about uh, saving Aziz. Uh, you know, we've talked about the incredible uh, outreach from this audience at the end of 2021 when you know, this audience came together to help rescue over 17,000 Americans uh, U.S. allies, uh, many other vulnerable groups of people really marked for death by the Taliban uh, during the fall of Afghanistan. And of course, you know, we really appreciated that. I know Glenn really appreciated it as well. Chad Robichaud, uh, he got the Bonhoeffer Angel Award because of that. Uh, his efforts there as he was super tied in. He's like swimming over rivers from Tajikistan to like save people. In fact, his friend Aziz, who he had worked when he served over there, he went in to try to save him. He wrote a book about it as well. It's, it's fantastic. It's an incredible story. And Chad has written this book. You need to read it. It's called Saving Aziz. It's available to, to, to order now. Uh, it's uh, it's really your story. So check it out. SavingAziz.org. SavingAziz.org. Don't miss it. SavingAziz.org. Here is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Today, featuring uh, Pat and Stu. 888-727-BECK. If you'd like to get in touch with us, that's how you do it. Uh, Man, as usual, the world is spinning out of control. However... There's some really good news. Um, you can get Russian citizenship now for just a, like a, I mean, a little token of uh, of effort. And we'll we'll tell you about that and much more in 60 seconds. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. I'm I'm guessing that nobody asked you for permission to saddle you with a bunch of pain. Yet, here you are, dealing with it day in, day out. And if you're like me, living with pain in your life is like walking uphill in 10 feet of snow to school, both ways, in the dark. Right? Right? Am I right? Yeah, that's the way I used to do it when I was going to school. Anyway, um, uh, the, the lowest point comes, at least in my life, when the pain I was living in was just consuming everything. My every thought, I was, you know, I can't do that, I can't do that. I just have to get back home. Uh, It's horrible. I tried Relief Factor because my wife made me try it. She's like, I'm not going to listen to you whine if you don't try everything. I'm like, it's natural. It's not going to work. Better living through pharmaceuticals. This actually changed my life. Three-week quick start. 1995. It's a trial pack. That's what my wife said. 
Just try it for three weeks. What do you have to lose? Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor. 70% of them go on to order more. I'm one of them. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four relief. 1995 three-week quick start. ReliefFactor.com. 800, the number four relief. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. This seems almost too good to be true, but it is true. You can receive Russian citizenship, and all you have to do is join the Russian army and uh, go to war against Ukraine. That's all you have to do. Wow, that's it. You believe it's that easy? I mean, what an incredible incentive. And how often have you longed to be a Russian citizen? My whole life. My whole life. Obviously. Just like everybody else. Yeah. Man, if I could just live in Russia where there's food shortages and extremely bad weather and, uh, you know, still the strains of communism and, and oppression. Sure. Uh, you might get poisoned. Might get poisoned by, or, by your government if you disagree with them. You could also fall out a window. Uh, a lot that of, happens a lot. A lot of people oppose the administration, the Putin administration. A lot of those people are very, very clumsy. And every time they get near a window that's high up in a building, they fall out of it. So much gravity there, too, though. I mean, there's just a, much, they, they, a lot of people don't understand it's much stronger there than yeah, it is here. Right. So you get near it, just kind of sucks you out that window <laughs> and happens all the time. Are there a lot of people taking them up on this? I don't know if uh, I, I'm not sure. It doesn't. It, the article doesn't state how many, but there's a lot of foreigners apparently waiting in line for Russian citizenship. And they're being uh, given a chance to cut to the front of the line if they volunteer to join the war effort in Ukraine. And huh, I mean, obviously, a small, small, minute price to pay for russian citizenship right clearly your life um because like, surely you're going to the very front lines surely you are like they're not even mm-hmm. going to say like hey here's a gun to help you fight they're just going to strap you to a tank <laughs> like I, <laughs> what are they going to do with these people and it's amazing because russia you know they're having people uh leave the country and escape to other countries to avoid the service. Right. And uh, <laughs> their they, own citizens don't want to be citizens right, anymore. Right. Because reportedly they've lost over a hundred thousand troops so far. Like according to mm. this might be a little inflated because it's Ukraine's general staff, but they reported 116,000 Russian troops. Yeah. I think the U S military puts it about a hundred thousand. Yeah, certainly either way. It's a lot, a lot. It's a lot. I mean, when you think about the 10 years of war that Russia, the Soviet Union endured in Afghanistan, uh, they lost 15,000 troops in 10 years. Now, it hasn't even been a year yet, and they lost over 100,000. It's incredible. Uh, so things are not going well there. But good luck. I mean, it's, you know, if you want to be a Russian citizen and who doesn't, this is obviously your ticket. I mean, very, very generous of Putin to offer that little carrot. I yeah, love that. You know, you can, there's a, <clears throat> there's a bunch of programs around the country where you can purchase citizenship. Oh. Or, not around. Around the world. Around the world. There's yeah. a bunch of countries you can purchase citizenship from, uh, including like, you know, nice islands, like Car- Caribbean islands. I'm guessing that's pricey. It can be pricey. I mean, it's not, it's not cheap, but there, <clears throat> I can't remember what the cheapest one was, but it was like, it was like an island off the coast of Africa that no, I don't think I've ever heard of. <laughs> Oh, really? And it was like, hey, you can come here and be a citizen here for like $18. But if, most of them run into the six figures. You do, you have to, do you have to go to war for them? No. You oh, don't oh have, wow. You know, That's great. They're not at war. <laughs> okay. No one's invading because no one wants to go. 
<laughs> Everyone's like, ah, actually, you guys can keep that land. Huh. But like, it's true. You can go. There are uh, these, I think they call it citizenship by investment. And you can go, there's a bunch of international law firms that help walk you through this. Not that I've looked into it at all. <laughs> Not that I'm, you know, at some point, sure, I may need to flee. Um, but it, it, you can go, like, nice islands will cost you, you know, mid six figures. You oh, want to go like, into something, you know, wow, like, yeah. like half a million dollars? Yeah, give ish. or take. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sometimes, now, they then they break this up. Sometimes you can do that by real estate investment. So you can take, mm. if you want to buy a house for $500,000 in, you know, St. Kitts, you can do that and it will, I don't know if St. Kitts exactly, but it's one of the, you know, some of these yeah. islands are like that. And you go there and you, you invest uh, some money and as long as you hold it for a certain amount of years, you can kind of get citizenship by investment. And then the more desperate the country for is for money, mm -hmm. the more desperate the country is for people to come. There's like a real yeah. market for this. Like, so like if you want to get into a, a European nation, there's one or two European nations that do this and it's millions of dollars. If you want to get a European citizenship, because of course you get into Europe, you have the EU sort of, you know, you can move around a lot. You have some of those benefits, blah, blah, blah. It's supposed to be a stable place. You're going to pay more for that. Mm -hmm. You go to Comoros, you know, you're going to pay like, you know, 20,000. Oh, you know, man. you're just going to get in. It's going to be like a, have you ever bought a I've Kia? I've had my if you've eye bought on a Comoros Kia, right. for a long time. Exactly. <laughs> if you could buy a Kia, you could buy citizenship in some of these countries. Oh, wow. You know, and then, That's you know. great. So I, I don't know That's why, great. like I thought about that. It's like, it would be cool to have, one of the things that's a benefit of this is you can get access to countries that do not like the United States. So like if you're, okay. I don't know, like looking to travel to Iran for some reason, you might need citizenship in a second country yeah. that will allow you to travel to a different one, you know, one of these countries we might be at war with or so. Uh, so that's why a lot of people do it. Like if you're, you know, maybe your family is from that country, mm -hmm. you can't get back there often. You want to go back there. You can bounce around through these other citizenships, but you can, that's the other thing is like the more countries you can go to, the more it costs. Not the case with Russia. You just go in there and just all you right. need to do is strap yourself in a for you know to a tank for a few weeks. Yeah, months, you know? months, maybe 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 years. years, maybe you know, and you're in. Dodge a few bullets. Yeah, uh, and you some ever see the Matrix? rocket fire. It's easy. Yeah, right. They all they all come in slow motion. And who can't dodge a bullet when it's coming to you in it's slow, slow motion. motion? I think if it hits you, it's just gonna fall to the ground anyway. People <laughs> never talk about that. So they don't much. Any, do anyway, they? this segment's been brought <laughs> okay. to you by traveling to Russia. <laughs> you should do it today. Call one eight hundred. I would like to die in the fields in the cold, frozen tundra mm. of of the former Soviet Union. Yeah, dot com. Wow. What a dream come true, huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, the WEF has gathered in uh, Davos, and uh, we've got some sitting U.S. Pre uh, senators there. Actually, the president didn't go to this, um, and I'm not sure why, because a lot of times uh, they do. But Joe Manchin, because he's so conservative, so moderate, so in the middle of things, you know, he... He is in Davos right now, and uh, he's lamenting things like the freedom of the press. Here's what uh, he had to say. Uh, the problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. Yeah. So if you're able to have five yeah, platforms, social platforms, that you can basically mm -hmm. um, personify the extremes, yeah. somebody who is extremely right or extremely left, and it seems like that is the majority speaking. They're not the majority. 
but they're basically driving everybody to make a decision. What side are you on? Are you on this side or this side? And in America, there's only one side, the American side. It's not the Republican side or Democrat. We should be coming together to solve the problems from a different angle. Yeah, yeah, we should. Um, the World but, Economic Forum does not think that there's only an American side and a, and a non-American side. The no, World don't. Economic Forum does not see it that way. They they sure don't. And it's interesting that he sees you know freedom of the press as a problem. Uh, that in itself is a big problem. One of the big problems we have right now because they want us to believe that we're not supposed to say anything they don't like. And anytime anybody says anything they don't like, they try to shut it down. They try to censor it. They tr- they try to lock you out. Uh, it's terrible what's going on. And this guy's supposedly a moderate. This guy's supposedly, oh, yeah, he's going to be the savior because uh, he could play both sides of the aisle at any time. And I know you've been a big fan of Joe Manchin <laughs> over the years. Joe Manchin will not save you. That <laughs> will is not. the thing you need to always remember. That should be a dot .com. Joe Manchin <laughs> will not save you. <laughs> dot dot com. Com. Oh, but well, luckily <laughs> they only have 50 more votes and Joe Manchin can block any terrible programs. No, he will never <laughs> He will never be that person. He will say he's that person because mm-hmm. he wants people in West Virginia to vote for him. So he will say... That he's the person who's going to stop the craziness. He, you see, he even said it there. He's worried about the extreme left too, Pat. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. he's so worried about it. Yeah. He wants to make sure that that does not that does not happen. Here's the thing: he does not care about the extreme left. He cares about his own seat. He cares about his own election. So at times mm-hmm. he will say things like, "I care about the extreme left," and he has interests that don't always align with that. You know, big friends, big donors who. You know, are in industries like coal, where he will occasionally be sane because of that, not because right. he actually believes it, but because right. he wants money and power. That is who this guy is. This guy, who this guy has always been, and he will only go away when the people of West Virginia finally say, "We don't believe you anymore," because every time you let us down, and. I don't even know that that happens in an election because I think he's too terrified to lose. Eventually, polling needs to show him no. They need to say, don't run again, and eventually this will hopefully happen. I mean, this happened with this this past couple of years. He was the guy standing up and saying, I can, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to be the guy mm-hmm. who's going to make sure that we don't spend all this money until the day he decided he wanted to spend all the money. And people will be like, well, uh, he, he decided he wanted to spend less. Yes, this is, his, this is what he does. Yeah. Wow. You know, Bernie Sanders wanted to spend four trillion dollars and he spent he wanted to, you know, Joe Manchin came in. I'm only going to spend one point six. Oh, wow. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, what a still one point six trillion. We don't don't have. have. Thank you. That's exactly right. We don't have the money in the first place. And Manchin came in and once again, let all these ridiculous programs, ridiculous spending go into effect anyway. All the stuff that's going to last long be long after Joe Manchin is a senator and he's long forgotten because that is what will happen with him once he's out of office. He will be forgotten. He's of very little to no impact in our society. And he, you know, once again, he continues to give this pitch. He, he wrote op-eds in multiple newspapers saying he, he wouldn't do the spending. He would not go along with the spending he went along with later And he on. did. And he did because he, he always did. does. Now, so he, he is. He brought them down a little bit, but that's that's all you can expect out of him. 
I mean, he'll he'll feign that he's interested in saving money or saving taxpayer dollars, but he won't really do it. It's all a dance, right? Mm-hmm. Does anyone really think that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Joe Manchin are really mad at each other? <laughs> Does anybody buy this theater? Like, it's just, oh, I don't know. That AOC, she's a little, she sounds like a socialist. Oh, I can't believe this Joe. They're just playing both sides of this for their own audiences. Yep. And we're all supposed to believe it. It's like the bottom line is they all come together and vote for the same bills over and over again. And they have nobody who's holding out. Unlike the Republicans who at least have some people who will hold out for certain things. We saw that with the McCarthy situation. Mm-hmm. You have people who will say, I'm not going to vote for him unless you get X, Y, and Z. They get X, Y, and Z, and they'll move on it. But, you know, what does Manchin do? He always comes to the table. He always is there when Every they time. need him. Yep. If it's if the Democrats have, 50, you know, they need, you know, 60 votes and they've got 65, you might get a vote for Joe Manchin on on this, where you say, oh, uh-huh. wow, he's, he's stepping up against the Democrats here. If they need... <laughs> 50, you know, 50 votes, and they've got 53, Joe Manchin's there for you. He'll, he'll hold that line. But he line. won't be there he when they be need there. 50 plus one. Yeah. If they he need, won't be there. If they need him, he will be there. Yeah. If he can justify to the people of West Virginia, well, I stood up. I was the only Democrat who said no to that bill that passed <laughs> with some room. It's always what he does. Yep. And the fact that anybody falls for this at this point is embarrassing but i don't think the people of west virginia would fall for it again i don't think he could win again there triple eight seven two seven b-e-c-k it's pat and Stu for glenn on the glenn beck program sharon wrote in about her dog's experience with rough greens she says our our pit bull molly by the way the only reason why i bring up the satan thing god is the only answer god is the only answer our pit bull molly is a rescue was in really rough shape when we adopted her she's had I mean, she's had quality dog chow, but her coat still was really kind of nasty. For several weeks now, we've put rough greens on her dog food, and she smells better. She's more energetic. Um, We're keeping with the rough greens for sure. Rough greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement developed by naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black that you sprinkle on the dog's food, chock full of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, antioxidants, all the stuff your dog needs. The folks at Rough Greens so confident that your dog is going to love it. They have a special deal for you. Roughgreens.com slash back. They're going to give you the first trial bag for free. Just pay for shipping. Just go to roughgreens.com slash back or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Call them today. 10 seconds, station ID. <laughs> One thing Manchin said there, which I think has some truth to it, is we do get distracted, I think, by the extremes at times. We get extracted, distracted by the extreme left and their woke agenda, which is telling us we've got to use these new woke terms Mm-hmm. These terms are, you know, this is what the the, the future shows. We've got to be able to. Well, adjust it's the only our thing language. to save the planet, exactly, is if we use woke terms. Right, that's the only way we can be saved right now, Stu. That, that does seem like the the pitch yeah. at times. It does. The New York Times ran a poll, and I don't know why they did this. Frankly, maybe they thought they were going to get different results, but mm-hmm. it said, "Hey, you know, all these terms we're using all the time and trying to make you use here at the New York Times. <laughs> Do you guys like them? Like Latinx? You guys a fan of that?" Big fan of that, I assume, right? Uh Latinx, or as the president calls it, Latinx. (laughs) Uh, 
Um, and nobody really knows how to say it. No. Is it Latinx or is it Latinx? No, and or Latinx. Or Latinx. Like Kleenex. We don't know. Latinx. These are Latin Kleenex. Latin <laughs> tissues. Call them Latinx. Uh, so they asked that and they said, okay, here, let me give you a couple terms. Hispanic. Would you use Hispanic or not? 87% said that yes, they would use Hispanic. 13% said no. Latinx. Latinx. Only 22% said they would use it, and 78% said they would not. I'm surprised it's as high as 22%. <laughs> right. That blows me away. Would I, you use it? it? And that doesn't, you could use both. Like you might, some people said, yeah, I'd use both of those terms. I only hear white, old liberals use yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. And that's the 22%, probably, yeah, right? It's probably. certainly not probably. Uh, Latinx people. How about pregnant women? Would you use the term pregnant women, Pat? I would. You would, right? Yes, that's I would. What, that's, pregnant women, uh, 86% said they would use uh, that term. Birthing parent, oh my the other option, only 34% said they would use that term. I would never use a, that. I would. Uh, you'll have to shoot me in the head. Before you say birthing yeah, parent. A gun to your head. Will you say birthing present? No, no. Pull the trigger. Pull the trigger. Pull the I'd rather trigger. not live in a world where we call mothers birthing parents. Nope. Pat, have you ever heard the term breastfeeding? A few times, yes. You have. Would mm-hmm. you ever use a term I, like I've that? I've used it. You realize it's hateful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, you are in the majority, unfortunately, in this country. Uh, 85% said that, yes. We're so hateful. We would use the term breastfeeding, sure. Okay. 10% said they would use the term chest feeding. <laughs> 85 to 10. This goes on and on and on and on. Asian uh, is 81%. AAPI. That's that's the uh, is that uh, Asian American Pacific Islander? Okay, I think it is. That's a twenty-seven percent. Okay, Uh, this is one I had never heard before. What is the? uh, Oh, this one. This is interesting. Third world. Third world country. Use that. Use that. Right. That's how you describe a developing nation. Maybe you'd use Mm -hmm. developing nation as well. Um, Both of those polled pretty well. Seventy-three percent said they'd use third world nation to describe a country like that. Developing was sixty percent. Okay. Those are the two that I would say both yeah, apply, right? Those are fine. Yeah. Um, global South? You ever hear this term? No. Global South. That's what we're supposed to be using? That's now? what we're supposed to use instead. Global South? Global South. How does so that, I don't, like, what how does that, a, like, what does Australia say? Yeah. Like, like, we're a pretty wealthy nation. <laughs> like, why, why are we? No, Global South is the all, other option. Weird. Only, only 15% would use the term Global and South. And are there no northern third world right. nations? <laughs> so weird. Like, developing to huh. me, third world is kind of like, doesn't mean all that much. We've kind of, uh, developing is a good term to describe. Like, yeah. okay, you're you're economically developing nation. You don't have all the accoutrement of maybe the United States or first right. world quote country. Mm-hmm. Developing works fine. I think it's more descriptive maybe even than third world. But like global south, like that makes it, it's not a regional situation we're talking about. No. We're not like, hey, what's when is it, you know, when is it warm there and when is it cold there? That's not what we're asking. <laughs> the Glenn Beck program. It's so weird how this stuff happens. All right, uh, we've taken quite a beating as a country these past couple of years. I'm sure like, you know, you and millions of Americans, you may be feeling the effects of all of this. And if you're one of those people who's trying to sell a house or buy one or both, things can be really scary right now. But as Americans, it's kind of our thing to get back up on our feet and dust ourselves off. It's one of the things that we're used to. We're not a global South country. We get up, we fight as hard as we can. Uh, Glenn started a company a few years ago called realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. 
And, you know, it's, he started it because he had dealt with a bunch of real estate hassles. He realized that buying and selling a home was really kind of a nightmare for most people. So he picked the best agents. They went through a big screening process, got the best agents. And to, the idea was to give you the best possible results, whether you're buying or selling a home. It's, this, is the, this is the place you want to go if you're in that situation right now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. The name kind of says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you're buying or selling a home, you need to get the best out of that transaction because it's one of the biggest you'll ever have in your life. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck, Stuber Gear. Steve Dace, Chad Prather, and me, Pat Gray. You can listen to all your favorite conservative voices at blazetv.com. Promo code Glenn. Hey, fortunately, we got people out there saving this planet. Where would we be without the elites in our lives? You know, we're just little people. We can't understand things. No. You know, we don't know that much. And if even what we do know, we don't know what to do with. We, If we have information like the planet is being destroyed, of course, by CO2. Uh, and so all of our emissions are, are killing us. Mm. slowly um killing us not so softly with their crud killing us softly with their crud and telling our whole lives um with their crud still i guess uh but fortunately again there are the elites like john Kerry, who um is reminding people he's over in davos as as with the other elites and uh he's talking about He's making sure that we understand how special people like him are and what they're doing to to uh, fix the problems that we face and save the planet. Here he is. And when you stop and think about it, it's pretty extraordinary that we select group of human beings. Right. Because of whatever touched us at some point in our lives are able to sit in a room and come together. Uh huh. And, and um, actually talk about saving the planet. I mean, it's so <laughs> almost extraterrestrial it is. to think about almost quote, false saving the planet. And if you said that to most people, most people, I mean, they think you're just a crazy tree-hugging, lefty, liberal, you know, do-gooder, whatever. Yes, yes. Right. Yep, that's and, right. And, and there's yep. no relationship. But really, that's where but we are. Really, he's saving the planet. Mm. But really, uh, what we are are gods, really. That's what we are. Yeah. <laughs> we are we are your overlords and your gods, and we're saving this planet uh, in spite of you. Every once in a while, they just blurt out something yeah. that's so true. Isn't that amazing? Right? Like that's exactly how they think. That is like that is the quiet part out loud for everyone to hear. Yes, we're special. Mm-hmm. We're select. Uh, we're a group of people who are saving the planet from the other dummies who just got us into this mess by driving their big cars. <laughs> I just. And of course, we still get to drive our big cars as elites. We well, still, John oh, Kerry yeah. still gets to, he still and, gets to get a private jet over to Davos, yes. right? Yes. You know, and, and, and I, he won't apologize for that. He's told us in the past, yes. I will not apologize for my private jet travel uh, because I'm worth it. I'm right. saving the planet that you little people aren't. That's really what they think. Yeah, it is. It's, it's great. It is. I, I really like these types of moments where they will just I do say too. It. You know, it's really helpful. <laughs> it, is. it is legitimately a positive. Let everybody really see who you are yeah. and what you think of yourself and what you think of us. Yeah. There was a clip that we played the other day of Joy Behar, uh-huh. who, you know, she's fantastic. And she was on The View. 
And she was talking about the Biden document scandal. And she said, people are like wondering, well, what's the difference between this Trump thing and this Biden thing? Well, we know Trump is a criminal. Yeah, right. That's right. And we know that Biden <laughs> is a good guy. Therefore, we we assume that he did this as a mistake. Incredible. And it was like she was making this as if it was an incredible argument. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, this is exactly what we're accusing you of. <laughs> right? We're accusing you of not looking at both sides because you've predetermined that one side is good and one side is bad. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what you're admitting to. She has shown over the years she's not capable of looking at both sides. No, she's an idiot. I mean, like, like Joey Behar is a complete idiot. John Kerry is just an elitist who thinks he's better than everybody else. And look at how he just he couldn't keep it inside any longer. Yeah. It's incredible because he's been thinking about this. Of how wonderful all. he is. Yeah. And the people with him and how elite they are and what good they're doing for the planet. And it just burst out of him yeah. because he couldn't hold it in anymore. And in some ways, isn't it understandable? <laughs> right? John Kerry, think of his life. Yeah. He's over in Nantucket, you know, doing this, you know, wakeboarding. Mm-hmm. And he comes off of the of that island and then flies in a private jet to Davos to rub shoulders with. Then this is after he spent his entire life accomplishing nothing. Yeah. He's a giant zilch from birth to today. Mm-hmm. And he is rewarded for that behavior by being treated incredibly well and being able to avoid every single one of the things he recommends for the rest of society. He is able to mm-hmm. avoid uh, living a carbon neutral. I guarantee his house on Nantucket oh, is on. it's not it's no, not, it's not uh, carbon neutral. It's not eighteen hundred square feet. <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, right. This is a this <laughs> it, it is super nice, and he's got super nice cars and super nice toys, and he flies all over the world on a private jet and tells everyone else they're evil for even thinking about driving a car. And they won't apologize for it either. No. Still because uh, you little people sicken me. And I don't have to explain anything I do to you. <laughs> right. That's who that's, he is. That's the attitude. And when you when you live your life <laughs> that way, and you live your life with that double standard for this long, and you're never punished for it, in fact, you're rewarded for it, of course you think you're better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. You don't have to live by their rules. And instead of the... I mean, you know, they talk about... In extreme cases, we've seen environmentalists over and over again say things like people should be put in prison for their their climate beliefs. People should be executed for their climate beliefs. This has been talked about for decades among the, you know, far environmentalist left. And even the people who are not, you wouldn't consider on the extremes, are saying things like, well, basically, we need to hold back fossil fuels, cheap, reliable energy for people in the third world so they can, you know, oh, sorry, me, the, glo- the global south. Uh, and so that, <laughs> Thank you. So that they wow, can, I was offended there for a minute. Thank you. I'm glad I caught myself. Where they can struggle, let them struggle. They don't deserve the, the, the dependable energy we built our civilization on. Screw them. Give them the experimental solar stuff that doesn't work. <laughs> Right? Yes. Let that, and if we go, yeah, yes. sure, it's more expensive. So what? <laughs> Who cares? We're the global north. We get to do whatever we want. And that's what they—that's how they see themselves. And so it you is. can see how something like this would develop. It really is. It's it's outrageous, frankly. Uh, and you're right. It's it's not just fun, but it's important to see them in these kinds of moments where they just share it with the world. Because the world, in general, I don't think believes 
the things that we say about about these elites every day. And then and then here's proof positive. This is what we're saying. This is who they think they are. They're better than us and they don't have to follow the same rules as we do. So they continue to meet in these private little meetings in Davos and wherever else with the Bilderbergers and the Whataburgers and the bacon cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. And they just keep plotting out our future for us, they think, and uh, trying to f- figure out how they can separate themselves even further from the rest of us. Then we had uh, Greta, Greta Thunberg yesterday in Germany being arrested. Uh, do we have that clip? Because it's uh, it's really frightening what happened to her yesterday. She was... <laughs> Look at this. So they're setting up the fact that they're about to arrest her. <clears throat> this isn't... <laughs> this isn't set up at all. Uh, they're all standing standing oh there gosh. trying to figure out how they're going to do this. All right. They're holding her hands. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they're waiting until they're all videotaped and photographed and then they're going to they're going to carry her away. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, what an arrest. <laughs> Later on, Incredible. they pick her up and they carry her. Um, and she's like smiling and she's smiling and she's having a good time it was like a little because she's like a little kid and she's like taking going for a ride with mommy and daddy what is the point of that i wonder she's so uh committed to her activism that she's willing to be arrested well okay not really arrested but she's willing to set it up as if she was being arrested Play arrested. Amazing. Well, it's true, too. I mean, the issue here, of course, is not even Greta, right? Greta, you expect this sort of behavior from Greta. What, what are the police doing <clears throat> in this situation? I, They're posing for you. pictures. This Embarrassing. Is, you know, it's one thing to look. It's not a surprise that Greta, Greta Thunberg, would arrange a situation where five activists are arrested by 30 police officers and 50 media standing by taking pictures that is not a surprise why the police would partake in such a situation is kind of a surprise like they mm-hmm. that's a problem you got a problem going on there with your police force if that's if that's even real i mean do we find out later that that was essentially that those aren't actually yeah. police officers even would, would not be at all surprised i wouldn't be surprised either again the these these <clears throat> arguments are built on lies and to expand them you just need to expand the lies this is what they do all the time, constantly. And people like Greta, uh, I don't know if she's crossed the line yet from useful idiot to you know, someone who's partaking in you know the, the theater of all of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, certain, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think when she was you know a, a small child, she was, uh, I think, a victim in some ways of of of, of, of her the parents and the people around yeah. them. Because you, you could tell she was legitimately yeah. petrified Terrified. of what is happening in the world to uh, bring about climate change. Mm-hmm. She really thought, as some of them do, that we had 10 years left. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if you really believed that the planet is being destroyed at such a rate that you only have 10 years left, yeah, you'd, you'd fight against it. And she really believed she was going to die. Yeah. And that no one cared about her. Right. And it's like, right. no, like, look, as a child, of course, this is a ch- what you would it's call child a childish abuse. belief, right? She has a childish mm-hmm. belief and her parents and others around them propagating this onto her is abuse. It they, is. they are abusing is. her childlike belief system to terrify her for their own ends. 
I mean, that is, uh, it's like, you know, we, 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 we criticize like a parent on TikTok who like pranks their kid and terrifies them. You know, this, this happens every once in a mm-hmm. while and everyone's like, mm-hmm. God, what kind of parent would do that? <laughs> every left wing parent would do it. Every one of and them. they are doing it. They are doing it. They're doing it on TikTok as well, but yeah. they're, they're making your child believe they're going to die because of a 0.9 degree centigrade uh, temperature rise over 100 years is the type of thing that qualifies as really crappy parenting. You know, and you know, yeah. Michael Schellenberger, I know you've, you've talked to him before. We had him on mm-hmm. yesterday about a totally different topic. He was actually talking oh. about Davos. Uh, he's been uh, writing a lot about that recently. But he wrote his book, Apocalypse Never, which is a book about, and he's a big environmentalist, and uh, he was known as like an award-winning environmentalist on the cover For of Time 30 Magazine, years. CNN documentaries about mm-hmm. him, blah, blah, blah. And he now he's a traitor. Now he's now he's evil and a traitor. Mm-hmm. But the one of the reasons why he decided to write this book is he had had a if if I remember the the chronology correctly, he had had this awakening where he had looked at this information and said, wait a minute, a lot of this stuff isn't true. He looked into it, looked at the first sources, interviewed people who who were being quoted as saying, hey, there's only ten years left, and uh, you know found out that they weren't even saying that. I mean, they they would tell him, no, that's not what I mean at all. Um, so he went through all this and had this awakening and, and had talked about it at some level, but didn't write the book until he saw the friends of his daughter who were terrified about global warming and the climate catastrophe that was around the corner. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, my daughter, we talk about this all the time. She's not feeling that way. But her friends were. And like, we got to get the information out to people who are trying, right? Some, you know, look, I, Greta's parents are not, I don't think, trying. Uh, but uh, a lot of people get fooled by this stuff and believe that, you know, their kids are going to die. They have to do something. And if they don't have the real information, they wind up ruining their children's Mm -hmm. lives over this. Yeah, because all they do is stress about this. Yeah. And you could say to a, a, a you know, an idiot like AOC or Joy Behar, you say, gotta learn the information and 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 and, mm-hmm. and come into modern society a little bit here. Understand what's going on, mm-hmm. read something. <laughs> but to a child, you can't do that. I mean, a child obviously can read these things. At some age they can start to understand it, but generally speaking, they're going they're 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 judging their lives based on what their parents are telling them. And we see this with gender, we see this with CRT. And we see it with climate. The parents bring in these ridiculous belief systems, and then the children are the victims of this. They are the mm-hmm. victims. Their lives, their childhoods get ruined by these belief systems. It's really sad. It really is. And pathetic. 888-727-BECK. All right, let me uh, talk to you about Patriot Mobile, a company I love. Companies are, you know, towing the woke line. We were just talking about this. The people who are believing in the crazy gender stuff and the crazy CRT stuff, and they're getting bullied. And the ESG nonsense that's coming into play now, that's taking over. You need to treasure the few businesses who will actually stand for the values you believe in. One of those is Patriot Mobile. They're now offering service with all three major networks, which means that if you're, you know, with the big three and you like their service but hate their values, you can access them with Patriot Mobile. This comes with a performance guarantee. If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch among the three major carriers for free. Patriot Mobile shares your values and won't send your hard-earned money to aid in the destruction of America and your own values. Kind of seems like a basic thing that most companies should be able to do, but they, they cannot. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that makes switching very easy. 
Go right now to patriotmobile.com slash Beck or call them at 878-PATRIOT. You get free activation today with the offer code Beck. It's patriotmobile.com slash Beck, patriotmobile.com slash Beck, or call them 878-PATRIOT. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back to the program. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Glenn is uh, out today. He will be back hopefully tomorrow. It's Pat and Stu. And, you know, we've been talking about sort of the environmentalist craziness that has been going on lately and pushing our country in such a, I mean, you know, you talk, think about ESG generally. <clears throat> e is environmentalist, uh, environmentalism, and it is only a part of that, that uh, you know, three-letter uh, acronym but it is so important and uh, probably the part that gets the most attention glenn has been really clear that like, you got to go after the e the s and the g it's really important but the e is kind of the, the most obvious i think to people and you see this happen to so many that you know these countries are now prioritizing this woke ideology over their own citizens their own lives i mean look how this has played out in europe as soon as you have something like a, an invasion of russia of ukraine all of a sudden, you're in a situation where you can't keep your, your your people warm. And that's playing out all over Europe right now. It, it's really what Greta, Greta Thunberg was protesting. It's the fact that they've ramped up, you know, the coal production so that they can have heat this winter. And she's protesting that. Huh. All right. You'd rather have people freeze to death, I guess, in the cold. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't mm-hmm. it? The Glenn Beck Program. Uh, Notion that the collapse of everything you depend on isn't Mm -hmm. just something that belongs on the summer blockbuster movies anymore. Uh, Everywhere you look, the wheels are sort of falling off, and there's no reason to think it's going to get magically better anytime soon. You need to be thinking about the things you can do to keep yourself and your family protected. And one of the main things uh, that means is, of course, you got to keep them fed. (laughs) That's important. Uh, Emergency food is, is something you should be thinking about. My Patriot, <clears throat> excuse me, my Patriot Supply is taking $200 off their regular price of their three-month emergency food kit. It's packed with delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, uh, drinks, and snacks, enough to feed one person for three whole months. And you should get at least one kit per family member, so there's enough to go around. Everything's in stock, ready to ship. Shipping is free. You can uh, get your entire order. Arrives at unmarked boxes for your privacy because, you know, it's not really any of your neighbor's business, honestly. Uh, of course, go to preparewithglenn.com if you'd like to partake in this. Preparewithglenn.com. Do it while you can. Everything's in stock now. Preparewithglenn.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system.
you are about to hear is the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn here on the Glenn Beck Program. He should be back tomorrow. What's going on with the Biden document scandal? What's going on with the Biden crime family? We get into that coming up here in just a second. Let me ask you something. Uh, the one thing in vil- that villains have throughout history, what have they all had on their side when it came time for them to become tyrants? Give you a hint. Same thing the World Economic Forum has on its side this week in Davos. And that thing is complacency. Enough people who don't understand, haven't understood history, or are buying into the lies, and they won't stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want any of that. So what do we do when the next bad guy comes along? Do we just sit there, owning nothing, being happy, eating zibugs? Where does it all end? What can we do? What must we do? Well, the first thing you have to do is educate yourself your children, and everyone we can as a people. So people can spot the villains before they get anywhere close to holding any real power or influence. Time is ticking, but our children need to learn this, and they're not going to survive unless we double our efforts. The Tuttle Twins, they have a new book, The Guide to Modern Villains. It shows how 22 modern villains, people like Mao, rose to power. To celebrate the launch of their book, the Tuttle Twins have their whole guidebook series on sale right now. Go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get these books on sale this week only. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get the books that will teach your kids the important lessons they need. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Now, of course, BlazeTV.com slash Glenn is a great place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. If you do that, use the code Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks. We have a brand new Stu Does America coming up at 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern tonight on Blaze TV. And after that, I'm going to be actually stepping in for Glenn as well on his program. We've got a great show about what is going on with this Biden document scandal. What is the real thing that we're supposed to be understanding here? What is everybody missing in Biden's classified document scandal? We'll get into that tonight. One of the best people you can possibly talk to on this particular topic, however, is Peter Schweizer. He is the uh, Government Accountability Institute president. He's the author of Red Handed and tons and tons of New York Times bestsellers. And of course, maybe the preeminent expert on the corruption in the Biden family, Peter Schweizer, joins us now. Hey, Peter, how's it going? Hey, it's great, Stu. Good to be with you, old friend. Thanks for having me. We really appreciate you uh, coming on today in in a very weird time. And the document scandal is is an interesting thing because I will say this, when it comes to most presidents in our history, Republican or Democrat, the idea that they have a few documents hanging out in a garage at a think tank doesn't really worry me all that much. We should make sure we correct the situation. Uh, you know, if they're doing something with these documents, I want to know about it. But when it comes to the Biden family, considering all the corruption you've unearthed and others have talked about over the years, is this something we should really be worrying about? Well, yes, I think context is everything. Uh, I tend to agree with you, Stu. I mean, look, it's it's in a way I'm not minimizing um, the fact that we have elected officials and appointed officials. You know, Hillary Clinton is secretary of state. Donald Trump is president. 
Joe Biden as vice president who have classified documents uh, are found to have them in their possession. Uh, I'm not minimizing that. But but the question is, in what context is it occurring? And when you look at the Biden circumstance, it is particularly troubling because the business entanglements and the financial ties that the Biden family has at the time. So just think about it this way, Stu. You've got Joe Biden's residence in Delaware and you've got documents there. Now, if it's Joe Biden there, if you know nobody's there because he's in the White House, uh, that's not necessarily a big problem. The problem is that these documents now are believed to have been there um, for quite some time after he left the vice presidency. And Hunter Biden was a residence there. He claimed uh, that same home as a residence. And he was known to be living there. And at the precise time that those documents were there at the house, Hunter Biden was receiving large payments from Chinese officials, um, including a company that employed a gentleman named Patrick Ho, that Hunter Biden famously called the effing spy chief of China. Um, And CEFC was headed by a guy named Chairman Yi, who was known to have worked for Chinese military intelligence. So to me, this story is all about context. Um, And the context in this sense is very, very troubling. It's interesting because you think about a foreign spy agency. I remember you talking about this in in your book. There is a there's a, an idea that you should look for vulnerable targets within uh, you know within the 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 structure the power structure of your enemy, right? When you're trying to find out information, when you're trying to have influence over another country, you don't just go into like their you know their most uh, you know, complicated systems and try to hack in. I mean, they all they all try to do that as well. But you look for somebody who's personally vulnerable. Who's who's the type yeah. of person who's going to give you this information because they're doing something else on the side? Maybe they shouldn't be. I mean, that there's no better uh, example in our entire society than Hunter Biden. Yeah, no, you're right, Stu. Um, you know, if you look through the span of history, whether, you know, it's Robert Hansen or Aldrich Ames, these people that during the Cold War spied for uh, the Soviets, every one of them had personal problems. <laughs> either either uh, they, they, you know, they had sort of sexual scandals in their life. They had uh, substance abuse uh, problems and issues. Um, it's, it's a common thing. You look for the vulnerabilities, the weak points. Uh, for people. The United States certainly does it. If you look at some of the uh, uh, Soviet defectors that came over in the Cold War, the the same sort of situation applied. In the case of Hunter Biden, um, that is unambiguously the case. And, you know, it's interesting to me, the evolution of what the Biden position has been on Hunter Biden has changed. When when we first exposed back in 2018, I came on your show and I came on Glenn's show in a book I wrote called Secret Empires, it was the first book that really exposed Hunter Biden's dealings in China and the extent of his dealings in Ukraine. And when that book came out, the Biden response was, this is ridiculous. Hunter Biden is a legitimate businessman. He went to Yale Law School. 
you know, how dare you, you know, somehow call this illegitimate? Well, they've now gone completely 180 degrees the other direction. Mm -hmm. Their argument now is that, you know, well, you know, Hunter had substance abuse issues. Uh, He really didn't know what he was doing. And the reason is that he's got this tax case looming over him um, where he failed to pay taxes on his foreign earnings. Um, so they have gone from him being sort of the, you know, the, 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 the high flying professional man to somebody who has addiction problems. Um, that is, is certainly, I understand why they're doing that as a legal strategy, but to your point, that only further emphasizes the fact that we know that they were sending tens of millions of dollars that Hunter Biden received. He got that in a private equity deal from the Chinese. It was a government arranged thing. We know he was getting wire transfers from this energy company, CEFC. We know another gentleman named Henry Zhao wired him $5 million. Henry Zhao was business partners with the family of the Minister of State Security, who's responsible for China spy agency. So to your point, Stu, it begs the question, why are all these people in China sending money to a guy who has substance abuse problems? Uh, and he's not doing anything in return for that money. It is a classic example of the kinds of issues uh, that you have when foreign intelligence agencies are trying to recruit people. Um, and, and that, to me, is the larger story here. I mean, in, in typical Washington fashion, the mainstream media ignores the fact that the Bidens have received all this money from Chinese entities linked to Chinese intelligence. They performed no service in return. They brought nothing to the table. Um, And yet that gets ignored by the media. But sort of this more bureaucratic question about the possession of certain classified documents, suddenly the mainstream media thinks it's a story. In my mind, the bigger story is the corruption and the intelligence and espionage aspect of these financial deals with the Biden family. Mm. Uh, In all of your research, Peter, have you figured out a way that I can get this Hunter Biden deal because I want millions of dollars for nothing, too. And I just can't see, figure out how to do it. Well, Stu, first we've got to, I think you're, you're probably your family's going to object to this. First, we've got to get you addicted on some drugs. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure you're going to be in favor of that. But, and then you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to have a family member. You've got to marry into a family or, or somebody in your family has to marry into a very powerful political figure. And if you do that, uh, then you might have a shot for a Hunter Biden kind of deal. All right, I'm going to work on that. Uh, let's take a quick break, and I want to come back on the other side, Peter, with some of the uh, some of the cr- some of the pushback on this because some people are saying, "Look, this is a totally different situation." Some people are saying there's other issues associated with this that that make it totally okay for Biden and maybe not okay for Trump or somebody else. We'll get into that here in about 60 seconds. Talking to Peter Schweizer. Back in a second. Okay, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Relief Factor. Does your head hurt after listening to this program? Do you just have a throbbing migraine? It could be that your head is about to explode. So what do you need to do? You need to reduce the inflammation in your head. All right. Now, this is one of the reasons that I would say Relief Factor exists. They can't say, you know, legally that they'll stop your head from exploding. But I know it will reduce inflammation in your body. I know it helps. At least it does with my pain. Doesn't help my head from exploding, though. That's weird. Relief Factor. ReliefFactor.com. Try it out for three weeks. If you're in pain, please try this. 
800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4-RELIEF. 1995, the three-week quick start. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work for you in three weeks, probably won't. The number 4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. 10 seconds. Station ID. 10 Back with Peter Schweizer talking about the Biden uh, situation with the documents. And, and Peter, there's some pushback here, right? People are saying a bunch of different stuff. I, maybe the more boring argument here, uh, and you tell me if it's valid, is that the United States really has an overclassification problem. That we classify tons and tons of documents that shouldn't be classified simply because they were handed to the vice president. It's a whatever. It's a it's a summary of of the news. And it's it's not a big deal. You could get the same stuff online, but we classify so many things. And that's why these documents keep popping up in every single garage next to a Corvette in the Biden family. <laughs> well, there's some truth to that. Um, the problem is um, there are plenty of people uh, in the military, active duty military in the reserves, uh, who you know manage to unfortunately have a classified document in their briefcase, or they you know took photos somewhere they weren't supposed to take photos, and ended up being prosecuted uh, because they had classified materials. So mm. my point would be yes, I think the overclassification is a problem, but you don't solve that by letting insiders out and having a different standard for them than that you do for the, the, the rank and file. I think the other point that needs to be made is that, you know, it, it's, it's a challenge because we don't know what we don't know. We know that these documents are there. We know that some of them apparently, according to the reporting, were classified top, top secret, but we don't know why they were classified and we don't know the nature of those documents. Were they, like you said, rudimentary analysis um, by some State Department flunky that doesn't amount to anything, or were they classified documents that actually, you know, could be valuable um, to a foreign power? And we just don't know. Um, what is clear is that the standard, uh, you know, that they're applying to uh, uh, elected officials, senior officials, is not the same when they, they apply to the enlisted. And this really happened if you go back to the Hillary Clinton case, if you remember, you know, former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton had classified documents on her laptop, um, lots of them, um, some of them top secret. And basically what we heard from James Comey, the head of the FBI, is that, yes, she had these classified documents, but, you know, nobody would really prosecute her because she didn't intend to violate Mm. Um, the law by possession of these documents. The law says nothing about intent. The law is very clear about possession of documents. So, you know, whether it's Hillary Clinton or the Trump case or the Biden case, um, we have got to create a clear standard that applies to everyone that has access to classified documents. And we can't stop. You know, we have to stop bending the rules uh, for senior elected officials and say, oh, it's not really a big deal in this case because they're a big, important person. That's just not a good standard to have. Peter, this is Pat Gray. Um, there seems to be a, a theory that's kind of circulating around because of the timing of this that uh, maybe there's a faction of the Democrats that don't want Joe Biden to run in 2024, and maybe uh, these documents have all of a sudden been found after the midterms uh, 
because they want to embarrass him so much that he can't run? What What do you make of that? Uh, Pat, I think that's a, a very shrewd observation. Um, I mean, look, uh, you know, let's be clear. A lot of times leaks that happen, that certainly happened in the Trump administration, uh, uh, did not come from people on the other side. They came people from people close within the circle. And, and what we know about Joe Biden is this. I mean, his poll numbers are not great. Uh, there are certainly questions about, you know, his physical health, his physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that has to be recognized in a, on a broader level, just in terms of party politics, is he's not a great fundraiser. He hasn't been a great fundraiser. I mean, this is not Barack Obama, for example, who can go out and raise oodles of cash uh, because of his charisma. And mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people in the Democratic Party that are concerned that he's just not up to it in 2024. You've got people like Gavin Newsom, for example, the governor of California, waiting in the wings. They're trying to position him as sort of the, you know, the California JFK. So Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think there there are factions within the Democratic Party, um, and there are probably people at the Department of Justice and elsewhere uh, that wouldn't mind putting their thumb on the scale saying essentially, thank you, Joe Biden, for your service on our behalf. You beat Donald Trump, but it's time for you to go and we need to run with a younger horse. So I'm sure Mm -hmm. that that is probably a factor in this. And it's probably determining the fact that even among some Democrats on Capitol Hill, you're seeing rumblings that um, that, you know, we're going to take this. Uh, this Biden documents uh, story very, very seriously. Mm, yeah. I, that's partly political calculation. They, they want a, a younger horse, you know, someone in their 70s, someone who could just step to the uh, Peter, uh, one of the big arguments, and we got about two minutes here, but one of the big arguments is, look, the Biden case is totally different than the Trump case. The Trump case is much, much worse. You can't compare these two. Mm. What is there anything to that argument? Well, what they argue is, is that, um, you know, uh, there's been a discussion. Donald Trump has documents. The National Records wants them back. Trump says they're mine. And there's kind of a dispute there. Um, What I would say is, okay, there's a dispute, but they are talking and they are trying to work it through. Um, In the Biden case, what they argue is, oh, we found them um, and we turned them over. Um, Well, that's not clear. We don't know when we found them. We don't know how they were found. Um, And I think the other question we have to recognize is, and I don't know all the intricacies of it, but there are differences between what a president and what a vice president gets in terms of access to documents and possession of documents Mm. after they leave office. So it's a very, very complicated thing. But in my mind, no, um, there really is not any difference. There shouldn't be any difference. And again, we've got to stop making exceptions and rules depending on the politics of the person involved that has the documents. Well, I like Hillary Clinton. I hate Donald Trump, so they're different. Or I love Donald Trump and I hate uh, uh, Joe Biden, so they're different. We need to try to treat Mm -hmm. them all equally. Um, That's what I think is the key here, because our biggest challenge right now, in my mind, in the country, people talk about, you know, democracy and, 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 you know, elections is, in my mind, the criminal justice system. If you look through history, the biggest example of a declining civilization is when the criminal justice system is no longer trusted because people feel that the results are automatically skewed. And I feel like we are in that place uh, and this would move us further in that direction. And that's a terrible place for us to be as a country.
Mm. It's very true. It's it's foundational to our civilization, and yeah. it is uh, mm-hmm. it seems to be dissolving in front of our eyes. Peter Schweizer, you can uh, get his stuff at peterschweizer.com or on Twitter at Peter Schweizer. He's the uh, president of the Government Accountability Institute and author of a bunch of great books uh, that really changed the country. Uh, Red Handed is the latest, and you should definitely have the entire Peter Schweizer library. Uh, thanks, Peter, so much for coming on. We appreciate it and help, helping us break down this craziness because we're certainly not getting it from the mainstream media. Well, it's always great to be with you guys. Thanks for all your great work, and uh, I'll look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. Peter Schweizer. Um, you know, we, we're going to be going into this as well on Glenn TV tonight, uh, Pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the details, the timelines of these documents, what does this all mean, and where do we go from here? That's on Glenn TV tonight, right after a brand new Stu Does America. It's going to be a lot of great stuff. Of course, you can get on Blaze TV. Brand new. You're not going to do a repeat then? No, I'm going to do a new uh, one today. As, yeah, okay. Yeah, because there's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into yeah. that. And of All course, right. you get part of your Blaze TV subscription is also Pat Gray Unleashed. That's true. You get it every that single day right before this radio program on Blaze TV. Live He's, or anytime on podcast. On podcast as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo Glenn code is Glenn. Program. American Financing NMLS 182334. Uh, 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 the new year is upon us, and if you're like a lot of Americans, you got a nice new pile of debt from holiday spending. It happens to pretty much everybody. I know it's happening to me. Uh, let's not forget the minimum payments on your credit card have probably gone up. You're seeing higher interest rates. This can be a real problem. And it's almost as if someone out there would like you to eventually own nothing. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody say that, but if you, if you hear somebody say it, maybe let me know. There are ways to fight this, and American Financing knows these ways inside and out. American Financing is saving people just like you an average of $695 a month. It's kind of a lot. Don't wait around to get started. Call American Financing today. Their salary-based mortgage consultants can help guide you through the process of creating a custom loan that will align with your financial goals. These are people you can trust. No gimmicks, no hidden or upfront fees to worry about. And if you start today, you could skip up to two mortgage payments, giving you even more savings. Call American Financing right now, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Check out my show. Pat Gray Unleashed, as we said, every weekday, 7 to 9 Eastern, right before this show, 6 to 8 Central, or anytime, anywhere you get your podcast. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn today. 888-727-BECK. Are you surprised at the way this Prince Harry book, Spare, is selling it supposedly i was yeah. reading last week that it was one of the fastest selling books of all time mm. not just like you know pre-pandemic or post-pandemic or during the pand of all time why why Pat, it's even outselling michelle obama's book oh my god now there's only one reason for that racism Thank you. Okay. And well, and sexism. It had to be said. And sexism. It had to be said. Uh, yes. That's the only thing. Right. But I mean, that is actually a surprise considering the fawning attention that the Michelle Obama book received. I mean, mm-hmm. it was on every show. She was the greatest person of all time. And maybe that's the reason it's selling better in that, like, I feel like there's a, a divide maybe on Harry or Henry or whatever his name is. <laughs> this is, I, I really don't even know. I, mm-hmm. I, I, we fought a war 
<laughs> to not have to care about princes. We fought two of them. Yeah. Against these guys. Yeah. So that we didn't, we could leave the royal family behind us. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden people are addicted to the royal family in this country? It's really your birthright as an American citizen to not care about uh, these people. Right. That is like, it's legitimately right. like the main thing we fought for. We fought for the right to not have to care what they think or say. We suffered through the White House being burned down. Yes. So that we could have the right not to worry about the royals. Yeah. And yet, all we want to do is talk about the royals. I don't, uh, yeah. I don't get I, it. I really don't either. And I, I don't understand the. Uh, for some reason, it seems like my oldest daughter is really into it. She's She loves the royal family for whatever reason. I have no idea why. Uh, and she hmm. couldn't wait to get the Harry book, and she's reading it like crazy and obsessed with it. Uh, but it seems like the big problem is Meghan, uh, Meghan Markle. Yeah, you know uh, Harry's wife, and I, I don't understand what the problem is there, but um, I think you and I would both love it if she left that marriage and went back to suits. Yeah, the old right? USA if, if it, show. If yeah. it takes a divorce to do that, so be it. I, if I get more so Suits it. episodes, I'm totally into this. <laughs> yes, it's funny people don't. You know, we need season eight of Suits. Yeah, people know her, <laughs> Meghan Markle, as the the princess. I do not. I know her I as uh, the the girl from Suits, yeah. the show. But she was on. Um, but people don't like her, right? Isn't no. she the problem? I think that's yes. I think people do not like her, and I'm not sure why. I, I, I she was extremely likable on Suits. She's <laughs> she was acting. <laughs> you do know that, Pat? That was not a documentary. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you're kidding? Yeah, no, it's not a real law firm. Oh, I thought it was. They, no law firm Wait, changes saying, the names on the door that many Harvey times. Harvey and Mike are, are, no. are they're not real people. <laughs> no. Oh no, that's really disappointing. <laughs> now I would read a book about uh, from her about her time on Suits. Mm-hmm. That I would read. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, we may be in the minority on this one, though. It's possible. It's possible. But I, it is a fascinating thing that people care. And they seem to really care. Mm, they do. There is a bit of just hate watching, I think, with you know the Netflix series and the book where they just despise these people. And, and they do come off as awfully elitist. Now, that's not exactly mm-hmm. a, a, a brilliant observation considering they were royals. <laughs> right? Yeah, like, right. I mean, it's really the definition of the elite. But man, you know, I just don't, I don't even think I care about, like, I don't even care about the sons and daughters of, you know, our leaders like this. No, I, I, yeah. You know, again, like they're, I'm sure they're, you know, again, Hunter Biden is probably the closest you could come of me caring. And that's only because I have no idea whether he's committed a thousand crimes or 10,000 crimes. And we know (laughs) it's in that range. Mm -hmm. I just don't know how many crimes overall he's committed. And I'm always fascinated by the fact that like Hunter Biden seems to be the one person who is able to I just go on, be, you know, coke benders with prostitutes all over mm-hmm. the world, and no one cares. He could do it on film, and we have, uh, you know, and he has right over and over and over again. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like, like has this ever happened? Is there anybody filmed uh, more often in the nude? Than Hunter Biden? No, most I, even porn stars. Right, porn stars who right. do this They're for not a living. They're not as naked as he is. No. <laughs> Hunter Biden is always naked and always filming himself. Those are the only two things we know about the guy. Nobody loves Hunter Biden more than Hunter Biden. In (laughs) fact, I don't know if anybody loves him at all. No. But he does. (laughs) So he's got him. He loves himself. Yeah. It's a very weird situation uh, why you would care. You know, and really, like a lot of these, you go back and look at the scandals that have happened with family members of presidents. Generally speaking, they're blurbs, right? They're, you know, they're. There are little, you know, bits and pieces. Occasionally, they pop up uh, to more prominence than that, but it's very, mm-hmm. it's pretty rare. 
yet we're obsessed with the country that we left and what, what the drama is over there. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why. Never understood it. And they compare, uh, I mean, there's really no American comparison. Uh, I've heard the Kennedys brought up as maybe our American royalty, but they don't even, they don't even really compare to what the way people fawn over the royal family in Britain. And also like, the Kennedys had a real impact on the country, yeah, right? That, like yeah. one of them was the president of the United States. Right. The, another one, one was, was attorney general. Another one, and likely to be president of the United States. Yeah. Another one, U.S. You know, senator for 135 <laughs> years. <laughs> exactly. Like they were not a. We were not fascinated with them because of their personal lives. Their personal lives became fascinating to many, partially because one of them was murdering people, but also. <laughs> Um, <laughs> because they were in real positions of prominence and leadership. They they affected, most of the time, negatively our country. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, at times when you have a prominent figure, you will look at you know, their personal lives. and But you have to have that prominence first. Like, mm-hmm. you know, even the, the queen or king of England has very little actual effect on their country. They don't, there is, well, yeah, it's a ceremonial role, largely. Right, right. They attend open houses and <laughs> uh, and grocery store openings. Big, they're big grocery store yeah, opening they, people, yeah. They get yeah. the big scissors and they cut the ribbon <laughs> right. at a grocery store uh, that's opening. That's my understanding of the royal family. <laughs> that's what the queen does. They're like, right? at, yeah, they're at Kroger and they're, they're opening <laughs> yes. up. It's a brand new American grocery store <laughs> called Kroger. Ah, and I just cut the ribbon. And now I'll see you in five years. Like, that's pretty much what happened. That, am I wrong that's on that? A, no. That's my not, understanding of the royal family. But I mean, they took away all their actual power years and years and years ago. They don't have any With power. With good reason. And I can understand there is a cultural significance to that role. I can understand mm-hmm. why the British are obsessed with it. But, like, you know, here... What what I, I know it doesn't make, doesn't any, make any sense. sense at all. Now we are obsessed with other things that are idiotic. Mm-hmm. Like we're obsessed with you know every Elon Musk tweet. You know yeah. we're obsessed with whatever uh, Kim Kardashian or Kanye West mm-hmm. say on a different. Uh, like we have a celebrity obsession that is similar to the the way mm-hmm. they you know the yeah. British feel I guess about I guess. the Royals. But I it's I guess that's all it is here, right? It's just it's just a celebrity. You know, reality show almost. Yeah, and, yeah, that we're talking about obsession. It, it's a bit bizarre. It, yeah, like yeah, I mean, did we is. win this war or not? I, I, I mean, look, it's like that thing that people observe every once in a while. We're like, oh, you own a dog? Well, why are you walking around behind it cleaning up its poop? Who really owns who? <laughs> and it's kind of the same situation here. I mean, <laughs> I, we say we want our independence, but did we? Did if we? we're buying millions of copies about a book about a guy who is never going to even be the king of England. Mm-hmm. Do we? Are did we win? And he's talking about his noodle half the time. I guess in this book, really, I, I have his, not read the book. His noodle, but there's a lot of noodle discussion. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. I did not and know I, that. I don't know why exactly he spoke about his noodle, but he did multiple times. <laughs> really, or a lot, and people were like shocked by it. Well, he describes his noodle in there. Yeah, I know. I I'm not interested. It also seems like there's a bunch of this like. These really dumb, petty family, yeah, just you know, like moments yeah. that are being blown up. It's like, you know, one day my brother he wouldn't <laughs> let me play the video game 
What do you say? Would it's like the stuff I hear from my eleven-year-old, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I'm sorry that happened to you. I don't know what yeah. else to say. Like, get over it and move on with your life. Right. You know. I, 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 right. Why would we care about the? I it's fascinating. Well, my uh, daughter was telling me that one of the big issues in his book, other than the noodle, other than the noodle. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the Nazi outfit that he wore? Remember this? He was oh, yeah. like eighteen, and they went to a costume party or something. And he went to the store or something and bought a costume or two, and he he was trying to choose between them. And so he blames William for saying, "Yeah, where are the Nazi one?" Like you're eighteen years old, you can't figure that out <laughs> you for can yourself that- and say. You know, maybe the Nazi thing isn't the right way to go. Maybe. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that scam. That's a yeah. real precursor to the blackface thing we've gone over lately, right? right? Where every yeah. Democratic official in public office has apparently been in blackface multiple times. But it's okay for them because okay they got them. the D after their name. It's totally fine for it's them. Fine. That yeah, cures fine. the racism. The D cures the racism. The D is like an, it's like an antibiotic. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. you have an infection, you take the D pill. And your and racism all is all of a sudden benign. Yeah. It's incredible. It would be malignant if it was a Republican, yeah, but it, it's benign for the Democrats. If you take the R pill, it will get worse. Oh my gosh, it'll kill much, you. much worse, and the rest of society. It's, uh, how does this have, has stuff happen? I I, I'd forgotten know. about that that he yeah. that he did that, and it was like, you know, again, he blames it apparently almost entirely on William. And I mean, that's pathetic. Yeah, it is. That's pathetic. When you're 18, that's what my well, he was only 18. Yeah, that's old enough. Yeah. That's old, old enough, enough to know to you shouldn't dress out. as a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, I would right? think. Although yeah. it's so, we have such weird lines with this stuff. Like, you know, I was watching a series the other day where, you know, a guy was dressed as a Nazi. And it's like, well, why is that okay? Because he's playing a role? Mm. Like, I, mm-hmm. w- like, what are you doing at a costume party other than essentially playing a role? Right? You're putting on mm-hmm. a costume to pretend you're somebody else for a day. That's what acting is. Uh, yeah and uh, you play hitler and you get awards (laughs) (laughs) like why why do we have these lines interesting it really doesn't make any sense i I, so much now that's something i keep coming back to pat we talk about issues every single day and so many of them don't make any sense does any put anyone put any thought into any of it it seems like Mm. the answer to that is no no it does (laughs) 888-727-BECK more coming up Legacy box. We're halfway through now the first month of the new year. Already those New Year's resolutions probably starting to weigh down on you like, have you even started? I didn't make one, so it's great. Here's one you could take off your list. Um, Do you have a box somewhere, if you're like me? Lots of boxes with family, you know, home movies and pictures and everything tucked away behind, you know, I don't know, old bowling trophies in the back of the closet. If you have been meaning to find a way to preserve those, those are disintegrating quickly. If you go back and look at them, you'll see the photographs are fading. Legacy Box makes checking this off your to-do list really easy. You just send the Legacy Box filled with the home movies and the photos and the slides or whatever, and you get back digital copies along with your originals, and it's all done here in America. But it's now in a format that is permanent. We've used Legacy Box before. We're still using Legacy Box. We have a lot to uh, copy. Kick off the new year by rescuing your family's most cherished memories. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Beck. Take advantage of the exclusive offer now. That's LegacyBox.com slash Beck. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Welcome. Uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn today. 888-727-BECK. Hey, in San Francisco, they have decided, they, they put together a committee, a reparations committee, to go out and study the reparations situation and decide how much blacks in San Francisco uh, are going to be paid by the city. And the committee proposed a plan to city officials that would pay longtime black residents of San Francisco $5 million each. Oh. Each. $5 million. $5 million each. This is sustainable. Our society of is sustainable. Of course it is. Absolutely. This has to be done, Stu, to... To make amends, I mean, centuries of harm and destruction of black lives, black bodies, and black communities should black? be met with centuries of repair. Are you as creeped out as I am as the fact that they keep using this term black bodies? Yeah, it's weird. What a weird thing to say. Yeah, very. What are you talking about? Black body? <laughs> you're talking about people? Is that what you're talking about? What do you mean black bodies? Are Bizarre. you only talking to the torso? What, what is the? <laughs> what is happening with that? They I, keep doing that. I don't know. I don't know. There's always some reason. There's always some weird woke reason as to why this terminology exists. That's another one. Yeah. These things keep popping up. I don't get it. They estimate that the black residents who will receive that $5 million are about 5.7% of the city's population. Because you have to meet certain criteria. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Now, and keep in mind, this is even though California was not a slave state. And San Francisco was not a slave city. Nobody in California or San Francisco had slaves. So. <laughs> That's a great point. And Interesting. Of course, of course, you can never trace back who no, the actual No, I mean, it's really it's like, difficult. And who has to pay for this? Right. All, All the, the residents of San Francisco, are you going to be taxed? How much would you have to raise taxes to come up with a $569 billion, over half a trillion dollars, uh, for just one city. For one city. In this idiotic one program. One city. Mm-hmm. But it does it does bring up an interesting point that um, I have long identified as a uh, son of a black sharecropper in San Francisco. You have? Uh, yes. Long time. I've never heard and you mention. You have to be a resident, I guess, of San Francisco for 13 years. And of course, I've lived there for 15 well, you identify. As I identify you, as if I had lived mm-hmm. there uh, as a black resident for 15 but years. But you've moved several times in that 15 years and I you have. never moved to San Francisco. Why wouldn't you? No, but I identify that I was in San Francisco the whole time. So so you deserve this money. I deserve this money. Mm-hmm. I really do. I really deserve. I mean, just uh, again, I don't mean to be offensive here, but you, mm-hmm. don't, you don't look like the son oh, of wow. a black oh, wow. sharecropper. Wow. From San Francisco. Okay, because of the pigment of my skin. Yeah, that's kind of the defining characteristic we're talking about, no? Okay, Mr. Bigot. So if you're a white... Okay, Mr. Hater. If you're a white Mm -hmm. son of a sharecropper... Right. ...from San Francisco, which doesn't Uh exist either, would you also get the $5 million? No. Well, it depends on how you identify, I guess. What if you're a black person who identifies as white? Do you get the money? No. 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 (laughs) Because you're a white person. If you identify as white, you are white. Am that's I the right? Only, that's that, the only criteria. Okay. How do you feel in your head? That's what determines all this. <laughs> hey, I don't think that's true. You're not fully on board with that? Huh. I know, it's weird. It's a Again, weird thing. You're, I, you're kind of a bigot. I have these uh, I have these weird things that they're called um, eyes. 
oh. eyes, yeah, huh. and they look at things and they just they can observe color. Can you see inside my head? Program. No. no. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn today. Hopefully be back tomorrow. Now, all the woke stuff that's hit our country has affected us in so many different ways. And, you know, we've learned a lot of lessons from that. And we thought we could give you a bit of an education today. Because if you're looking to make the perfect woke apology, we have just witnessed it. And we want to walk you through the steps. How do you apologize in the new woke America? We'll get into that coming up. So if you had a nickel for every time you put your personal information out there on the internet uh, without it being secure, how many nickels would you have? I'm guessing quite a few. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives. We do everything online right now. You don't want to cut internet safety out of your budget. So get 25% off right now a subscription to LifeLock top of the line in cybersecurity, both preventative measures that will keep you safe and because nobody can catch everything uh, they have access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into you just uh, they'll call you and say oh, it looks like it's hacked into hang on we're going to transfer you to the restoration team and they'll tell you here's what we're going to do here's how we clean it up no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but protect what's yours with LifeLock. They're the best. Best in the business, in my opinion. 25% off right now. Your first year promo code BECK. 800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. LifeLock.com. 1-800-LIFELOCK. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. Pat, have you ever heard of the guy Andrew Callahan? Ever hear that name? I don't think so. He is a it was a YouTuber, kind of mm-hmm. a sort of a comedian in a way. He's known for his videos where he goes out into the middle of these kind of crazy situations and interviews people. And he's one of these guys that doesn't really say a lot in the videos. It's more of like him finding the crazy person, saying the crazy thing, and kind of letting them, encouraging them to keep talking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you might imagine, a lot of his targets are on the right. Like, you know, he'll go to a QAnon rally, right, and find the crazy person, the craziest person there and kind of let them uh, talk. And 
I don't know. Because QAnon is so prevalent right. in our society today. I, oh, yeah. I don't go a day without running into 15 or 20 QAnon members. Right. Do you? No. I, uh, oh, gosh, no. I mean, especially when I'm at the meetings. Everywhere. You know, yeah, right. When I'm hanging out and I'm learning about right. these Q drops. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's when I know. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, the, the, this was something he kind of rose to prominence mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. And he recently had, for the first time, sort of a crossover to more mainstream media where he had an hbo documentary that revolved around january 6th uh, where he was interviewing a lot of the people who were at the january 6th thing in the months leading up to it not knowing of course january 6th was going to occur but like talking to people in QAnon and talking to alex jones and talking to all these people Mm. on that side of of the argument and in the months leading up when you had the sort of election stuff going on he was talking to those people they made an hbo documentary out of it uh, so that's sort of his backstory. Kind of, let me give you a little taste as to the type of stuff he's known for. This is a clip, I think, from the documentary itself, talking to some QAnon lady. I've kind of been searching for the truth my whole life. And one time I just came across a video that was about Biden and Kamala Harris and Clinton and Obama. They are Satan worshippers, Satanists. They're Satan worshippers, 100%. And I couldn't wait to tell my family. And they just go, they just said, you're crazy, Trump's the worst. How does that make you feel? Sad, I cry all the time. But I just keep praying, that's all I do. I just keep praying and asking God to open their eyes. Mm. Now, like, look, is this, yeah. is this the most fact-based analysis you're ever going to hear? Maybe not. However, like, it's obviously a sincere held belief. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you know, she's really seemingly struggling with losing her family. I don't know. Is that an exploitation? Uh, I, a little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of the other stuff he has. It's just, like, drunk people saying crazy things about their lives and blah, blah, blah. blah. So that's who this mm. guy is. The reason I bring him up is because as soon as this documentary came out and he had this sort of mainstream crossover success, he's celebrating this, you know, big release <laughs> And within a couple of days, the Me Too allegations start popping out. Oh, boy. A lot of women come out and say, wait a minute, I was treated badly by this guy. He forced me to do things I didn't want to do. Blah, 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 blah. You Mm. you know, it's a story. Was it 40 years ago? No, he's only 25 years old. Oh, okay. So it wasn't 40. Yeah, it would be difficult for him to go back that far. Yeah. And so initially, he doesn't really say anything. The other day, he comes out with an apology video. Now, I, I watched this apology video. So, is he admitting to the well, this is sexual harassment or whatever? This is what we're going to get into here. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So, this is the apology video. And I thought this was uh-huh. a, an interesting way for people to learn about the eight steps in an effective woke apology. Because he hits all the notes. This guy checks every box in this particular video. So, Good. let's start it out with step number one. All right. Um, I never thought I'd make a video like this, but... Um... I think there's an important conversation to be had, and I just want to be fully accountable, honest, and uh, transparent with all of you guys. Okay. So step one, Pat, is you got to hit the buzzwords. Okay. Like accountable, Accountable. like transparency. Transparency. Yeah. You got to say, remember the words that test well. Transparency tests well. And I bet the University of Pittsburgh is really happy he's wearing uh, their paraphernalia (laughs) as he's making these apologies. I bet they love that. I didn't notice that. That's (laughs) <laughs> you want to make sure that whenever there's a, a terrible crime, you got your logoed wear yep. on whoever that yeah, is. You got your pitch sweatshirt on so that everybody knows. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Here's step number two and the best way to make a woke apology. 
So I'd like to start by thanking every single person who's came out uh, in the past oh, week. Thanking. Um, Interesting. To speak about different ways in which my behavior has made them feel um, uncomfortable or pressured during a sexual situation. Uh-oh. And to oh, people who boy. said that I've made unwanted advances and uh, oh. had a hard time with rejection. Um, I'm sure this was not easy to do. It's never easy to speak out. And it was uh, hard for me to hear as well, because to be honest with you, up until this point, I didn't even really realize that I had this pattern that had affected multiple people. So this is huh. step number two, Pat. You compliment the bravery yeah. of the people accusing, accusing you, you of sexual assault. Right. It's always important to note that they're incredibly brave, and you should give them a lot of credit for accusing you of this terrible thing that mm-hmm. you're not exactly admitting you did. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't even know he did it. He didn't even know he did it. He didn't know. Right, but it's brave for people to tell him about the thing he didn't know that he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so that's step number two. Compliment the bravery of the people accusing you of sexual assault. And thank them. He actually thanked thank them. them for thank coming them. out against him. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for Thanks accusing for me, me of sexual I assault. That was really cool. I had no idea. No idea. But thank you for letting me know. <laughs> All right, here's uh, step three. I'd also like to apologize for my silence. Um, I think that when... This stuff first came out. I was in a state of denial and shock. Um, mm. I was, you know, just riding the high for my movie that just came out. Mm. And then within 48 hours, I was denounced by my closest collaborators. And uh, my name was printed in, in, in 40 different news outlets uh, next to the words sexual misconduct. And I just kind of spiraled into a mental health crisis. Oh, no. Uh, I'm okay now, but I don't really think this is about me. Mm. No, it's not about you. It's not about you. Well, except that you're a criminal. Well, it is, it about is kind that. of about you. The kind of accusations you. are against you. So <laughs> yes. it is about you in that way. But this is step number three, Pat. Cultivate right. sympathy. Oh. You see, he just had, he was coming off the high of his big movie and everything right. was going right. Right. And then he spiraled into a mental health crisis. crisis. It was a crisis it's a of crisis. mental health. That and which, this it, only happened over a couple of weeks, so it, it's a very short lived crisis in this particular case. But it would be a crisis nonetheless. <laughs> well, it would be. When, you're, when you find out that you're a sexual predator. <laughs> <laughs> when you're imagine being hit with that bulletin one day you're just like I hey know. by the way did you know you're a sexual predator i didn't that's that's but that's sad thank you thank you <laughs> thank, thank you. you for telling me okay so you've, you've used right. the word transparency mm-hmm. you have complimented and thanked the women for accusing you yes i have yeah. and now okay. you have cultivated sympathy mm-hmm. what do you do next here's step four I really want to do better and be fully accountable for everything mm-hmm. that I've done. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I want to make a few things clear. Right. Um, I've always taken no for an answer. Um, as mm. far as consent, I've never uh, overstepped that line. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think I want to have a more nuanced and important conversation about power dynamics. Mm. Pressure, oh, boy. And, yeah. Power uh, dynamics. Coercion. And coercion. Coercion mm-hmm. and power dynamics. Right. That's Those are important elements. Now, this is an interesting, it's a nuanced step here, but, uh, step four in this process which is okay. you rule out the worst but also show understanding okay uh-huh. so he is saying here he never had a situation where a woman said no don't have sex with me and he had sex with them he never had a situation where they said no and he did it anyway okay, okay? yeah he wants you well, to know good. the war your war the where your mind is going uh-huh he didn't do it he didn't do that okay but he wants to have an important conversation about power structures and coercion <laughs> And I'm fascinated by this whole thing because, you know, there's this idea, you know, Pat, basically what he's saying here is, I was a famous YouTuber. How could they say no? They couldn't say no. They couldn't 
say they couldn't not have sex with me. Well, the power structure is too uneven. The power structure yeah. is too uneven. They're it, incapable it, it, of this. <laughs> they a woman can't say no to a YouTuber. You do no. know how many followers I have? How could a woman ever say no to me? I have lots and lots of people who watch me on their phone. Okay. Yeah. This is right. a weird thing to say and and progressives do this all the time. It reminds me of the progressive argument on voter ID. Where they say, you know, look, we have to protect black people. They can't get driver's licenses. How could we possibly say, how could a black person ever get a driver's license? <laughs> and it's like, that is incredibly Insulting racist. and racist. Right? Mm -hmm. The same thing here. Look, the argument essentially being made by this power structure thing that they keep bringing up is, if someone is, if a man is famous... A woman can't say no. We have to protect the woman. She can't make a decision for herself. She can't just tell the guy, hey, back stop. off. Stop. Right. Right. Now, if she says stop and you cross the line anyway, you've just committed a crime. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so we have mm -hmm. plenty of systems set up to deal with that type of behavior. It, this behavior is, and what I saw from the accusers uh, statements seem to be consistent with this in that, like, none of them said they said no. They were just like, well, I was uncomfortable and, uh, you know, he was, he was persistent and I, you know, so I didn't, you know, and so, and then the power structure, it's like, look, my gosh, you know, it's difficult. So none of them do claim to have said no. I think some of them say that, but some of them don't. Oh. Let's just How deal many with are those there? people. I don't do we know. know? I know there's several. I don't know what the total wow. number is as, okay. as these things tend to go and you, you get the first accuser. And then all of a sudden you get a bunch of other accusers and you, you don't know where the line is from people who are making statements that are real about a real event or aren't. You know, again, it, it sort of spirals out of control eventually here. Yeah. But it's important to understand that you got to say like, all right, like I'm not a rapist. I'll rule out the worst accusations here, but mm -hmm. I, I want to understand how they feel. All right, let's go on to step five. I think for, for a long time, I was behaving in a way that I actually thought was normal. Um, I thought that, you know, going home from the bar alone made you a loser. Um, I thought that persistence was a form of flattery. And I thought that, you know, if at first somebody was reluctant, you know, they're playing hard to get, just try harder. And if you think someone's feeling you, you know, make a physical advance and uh, see if they go with it. Mm. So this is step five here, Pat. Ah. Make your transparency mm. as vague as possible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now you're being <laughs> transparent. But you need to be vague about that transparency. You right. can't actually say what happened. You kind of just give these like random scenarios. And like, you know, the, I love that. I don't know. I was being persistent. Well, what does that mean? Like, go back to Jimmy Stewart in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm -hmm. He's walking out. He's in his football uniform. He's walking with a girl, right? <laughs> yeah. That's persistent, yes. right? Yeah. I, I guess you could also describe Jeffrey Dahmer as persistent. Where in that spectrum are you? Like, which right. one of those? I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was really persistent. That sort of persistence is a real problem. The Jimmy Stewart kind, maybe not quite as bad. Mm -hmm. So where are that? We don't know. <laughs> um, we are on step five of the eight steps of the perfect woke apology. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with the other three steps here in just a moment. So uh, David Newhauser, he's the chief investment officer for uh, Livermore Partners. He said this week, you start to look around and think, where's the safest place for your investment in terms of assets? The only place really to go as an alternative now is gold in terms of knowing that you're not going to see the debasement of your assets. I honestly, 
can you trust land, even farmland? I mean, is that going to go up? Is it going to lose value? Your house, I, because everything is so unstable right now, you have to look for something that thrives when instability is around. This week, Goldline has two specials at goldline.com. First, Goldline is offering 6% in free promotional medals with every qualified self-directed IRA acquisition uh, that you would complete this month. So if you do it, complete it this month, you get 6% of additional assets in to your uh, self-directed IRA. Uh, did you know you can put gold in a retirement account like a traditional IRA or an old 401k Roth uh, all of this. Second, with the purchase of every gold legal tender bar, you will also receive at no additional cost 25 silver mind your business bars for free. That's 866 Gold Line. That's where you call and talk to somebody right now. They're waiting for your call. Just ask them for information. 866 Gold Line or goldline.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Okay, we're doing the eight steps on the perfect woke apology. Step one, remember the word transparency tests well. Step two, compliment the bravery of the people accusing you of sexual assault. So brave. Step three, so brave. cultivate sympathy. Mm-hmm. Step four. Are they brave if you're not guilty of anything? No, that's a great question. <laughs> Step four, rule out the worst, but show understanding. Okay. Step five, mm-hmm. make your transparency as vague as possible. All right, we're up to step six, and here's Andrew Callahan, the YouTuber, demonstrating it for us. I think that especially I realized when so many uh, young people, especially young men, rushed to defend me uh, when this stuff first started coming out, right, that right. this mm-hmm. type of sex pest behavior is normalized. And a lot of people think this sex stuff pest. is normal when mm. I don't think that it is. And I think that I want to be fully uh. responsible for not having a fluid understanding of consent <laughs> and what Man, enthusiastic he all the buzzwords, consent looks he? like. A fluid understanding of consent. <laughs> what a great freaking phrase that is. Oh, God. This so, is crazy. Um, this is, and I think this is most the most despicable step in here. This is step six. Redirect anger to your own supporters. Right. Right. Like what he does here is he says, mm. I have a bunch, I, my entire career was built on young males watching YouTube. And those people, when they heard these accusations, came out and defended me. Now, is that justified? Maybe not. But like to vilify your own supporters, to to redirect the anger from everyone else to say, you know who the real problem are? The people who watch my YouTube videos and they were out there defending me. And that's a real that's the real problem, isn't it, America? Please look at them over there. All the people that built my career and made me all this money. They're the problem, not me. I hate that part of this. Yeah, that is. it's like, yeah. again, maybe they're misled. Maybe they shouldn't be. Uh, defending you but like they're trying to be on your side when they think you've been wrongly accused and now you're vilifying them in your apology ah incredible i hate that all right step seven that being said a lot of the things that have been said online about me Mm -hmm. uh, are not true a lot of things are missing really important contextual information that i think would change people's interpretation Mm. of a lot of these situations but Mm. i'm not here to invalidate anybody's lived experience Uh, Uh, if you feel pressure lived experience that's just what it is so this is step seven (laughs) keep your denials vague and use the term lived Lived experience experience. because that you got to do that in any woke apology and i'm sorry like First of all, he, you know, he's like, uh, a lot of the stuff's being said about me isn't true. Well, he doesn't say what that is. So mm-hmm. you just assume whatever you want. But secondarily, like, I'm sorry. 
if if you did these things, then you've committed crimes. If you didn't do these things, mm-hmm. then their lived experience does not matter. Their lived experience is a lie, right? If yeah. they think yep. something happened that didn't happen, then you sh- you should denounce their lived experience because they're lying yeah. about their lived experience, or their lived experience is actually what happened. And in which case, you should be in jail, right? I, I just this lived experience thing. I'm sorry. Event events occur or they don't occur. Everyone doesn't have their own truth. You don't have their own no. lived experience. Right. Thank you. There's just truth, and there's just an actual experience of what there's occurred. There's not my truth and your truth. No, huh? That's Weird. not how this works. Weird. All right. St- the final step here, okay? Of course, and this one's a classic, Pat. This one goes back many, many years, but it fits perfectly in the woke apology. Step eight in the perfect woke apology video. I'm 25 years old and I have my whole life ahead of me, but I really think that I need to do some serious work on myself mm. and uh, figure myself out. <laughs> so I'm going to start therapy sessions pretty much immediately. Oh, wow. Um, pretty also, much. Also, not to blame alcohol, but I truly oh, okay. believe that uh, mm-hmm. alcohol was a contributing factor to my poor decision making. Mm-hmm. And uh. I think that alcohol in general has had a devastating impact on my life. Mm-hmm. Usually, so drunk. I think I'm going to uh, make the decision to join the 12-step program for Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. You think you are? And during this journey <laughs> okay. into sobriety, yeah. I want to take a serious step back from public life and, like I said, oh. figure myself out. Mm, there sure. you go. Step eight, of course. Announce rehab <laughs> and then wait it out because eventually... Rehab and therapy. Yeah, rehab, therapy, wait it out. Uh-huh. Eventually hope that people forget enough to let you have your job back. Yep. Now, the thing about this, I think, that is crucial, mm. and I, you know, again, this is an incredibly well-executed woke hostage video, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I'd like to believe, right, that maybe this is sincere. Maybe this guy's having an awakening after all of this. I hope it's true. But, like, the one thing you need to understand about these types of approaches, no matter how many times you say lived experience and transparency, it doesn't work. Because the woke mob does not care care about you. They don't care about whether you're apologizing. They care about your scalp. So they will come and come and come and take everything from you. They don't care about whether you're making your life a little bit better. They don't care. Yep. They're not interested in whether you're getting therapy or not. No. They don't care. Nope. It's not what it's about. They just don't want you to make a living anymore. Yep. And uh, I don't know. Look, if he did these things, maybe he doesn't deserve to. But this isn't going to work, my friend. In 10 years... You and I might be complaining uh, that the, you know, the bugs we're eating aren't grown in the USA. I mean, they're from Canada. You know, they're being in a, they're from a giant manufacturing plant in Canada. In the meantime, let's say let's not import our meat. You know, we've got ranchers here. We have cattle here. We have fisheries here. We have chickens here. Why are we importing this? Right now, I want to ask you to support your local rancher, please. Um, These guys work so hard, and they're getting screwed everywhere uh, they possibly can, and they're losing their farms, and guess who's buying it up? Big corporations. So let's support our ranchers. Get your meat from Good Ranchers. I want you to go to GoodRanchers.com. You can order your meat, your chicken, your fish. You can subscribe and get a year's worth of chicken for free when you subscribe to any Good Ranchers box at GoodRanchers.com. All from America. GoodRanchers.com. American meat delivered.
BlazeTV.com and YouTube tonight. It's Studios America into Glenn TV. I'll be filling in what everyone is missing in Biden's classified documents scandal. It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program, 888-727-BECK. By the way, if you'd like to just forget your troubles for a minute and have a delicious cookie, you can, <laughs> you can do that by going to kexycookie.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just came up with our January uh, lineup, which is really one of my favorites of all time because the hot chocolate cookie is back uh, and the mm-hmm. butterbeer cookie. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think you're, you're not a big harry potter fan so you've probably never I tried that no no i'm not a big harry potter fan and we should mention this is the company you're, you're these are your wife's recipes yes this is incre- these are incredible cookies um and i had no I, I don't know anything about harry potter i've never watched any of them mm-hmm. and never will um <laughs> but i will say i have had the butterbeer cookie oh did you like it incredible oh good really good oh, good really good uh, the M&M cookie is, is it, back to by popular demand. A lot of people wanted that. That's the one for yeah. me. That is was it? the one that set it off. Oh, cool. The, my love of your wife's cookies because you used to bring in the M&M yeah. chocolate chip things or whatever, and they were incredible. And that's the one that really set me off. Kexi.com, if you'd like to try them. K-E-K-S-I.com. Uh, so we were talking about this apology video from this uh, woke YouTuber. Uh, I guess he I, it, he doesn't really say what he did. And uh, no. I don't know if the girls have a- absolute have you know declared what exactly he did. Kind of, it seemed what but, I saw kind of fit the spectrum here, Pat. Where you had some people saying basically they he hit on them when he didn't you know they didn't want him to hit on them. But you know? did they tell him, hey, I don't want you to hit on me, or did he start hitting on him and then if they didn't respond, he what tried again? And so that was awful. Or? He said he was being persistent. Yeah, you can't be persistent. Persistence is a what, crime. What is okay? Yeah. In 2023, if you have interest in a member of the opposite sex, or I guess for that matter, the same, mm. same sex. There you go. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I want to be just as woke as everybody else. Good. You know, because that so always works. If you have any interest in somebody, you know, romantically, what can you do now? Do you ever stop and think, Pat? Thank God I don't have to deal oh, yeah. with this climate. Oh, uh, all Thank the time. God, I don't have to deal with trying to date all the time in this world. Yeah, I, 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 seriously. Because be, what can you do? Do you what, have to? What do you do? You got to get permission in writing f- about everything. Touching her hand. If you want to hold her hand, is that an assault? If you I, touch her hand, I don't know. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know. I mean, it's funny because I I, there is a dance that goes on between men and women, and I'll I'll speak from mm-hmm. that perspective since that's what I'm familiar with. But it's like, you know, like my my first kiss with my wife, I mm-hmm. did not ask her to sign in triplicate on carbon paper mm-hmm. that I that I had the uh, permission <laughs> to kiss her. You didn't. Uh, you know, you, what do you do, Pat? You in these moments, her. you sort of lean in. Yeah, and then if she leans in, and then she kind of leans in. Seems like it's okay. And then you're like, I think she's okay with this. And then maybe your lips touch. And then maybe you say, you don't say, Madam, <laughs> might my lips join with yours? Well, that would ruin the moment. That's not what happens, uh, right? And and it's like you know, and alternatively, mm-hmm. you sort of lean in. She sort of turns her head the other way, and you're like, Oh, I'm an idiot. And then you give up, right? Like yes. that's how that yes. dance works it, it, exactly in my case with my first kiss with my wife uh she jumped me on the landing of her of her uh 
of her house, of parents' house. Really? I mean, we were we walked up the stairs. We're on the landing. Mm-hmm. I'm saying goodbye to her, and she just assaulted me at that point. <gasps> yeah. Did yeah. you charge her? Did she, she threw her arms around me and kissed me. Oh my gosh! And That's I was wrong. so taken aback. And the power dynamic. I mean, she owns a cookie company. She owns a cookie company, <laughs> or would it, well, eventually, it, eventually. And I don't own a cookie. Well, I do, but eventually. With her, but eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. Can you do? Can you? Can you do that? Can you be spontaneous like that? Uh, and, I mean, she was trying to just. You know, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And she was just trying to eliminate the the tension. Yes. And did. Thank God. And I think that's great. But, I mean, you could be in jail for that today. Yeah. And, you know, I think the problem here, one of the, the big issues with this is there has to be, you don't want to take away the magic of one of those moments, right? No, you want no. to be able to have them, but you can't do that if you're like, madam, can I do X, Y? It's like, that's just. I can't imagine. No. I can't imagine it. And is it pro- okay if I touch your hand? Right. And and by the way, uh, colleges, universities are telling their students precisely this. You must ask for mm. every single step of consent. And if they say that you've done something problematic, in many cases, you will be uh, held to a trial, not a legal trial, but a trial on the campus, My which gosh. you cannot be involved in to defend yourself. So you don't even know oh. what the accusations are in wow. many cases. People are getting thrown out of school. Their their lives are being ruined over this. And look, it's important, obviously, to stop anyone who does cross these lines. And, and I, I think most people have a good feel for where these lines are. Mm-hmm. Maybe some don't. But like the reason, the way you solve that part of this is by the word no. Yes. That's how you solve Thank it. Thank you. If some like it's hard to read another person's mind. Yeah. I think most people do it pretty well. And you, maybe you, you don't know they're uncomfortable right. when they're uncomfortable. But maybe you don't, right? And the way that's solved is by Tell the them. person telling you no. You know what? I'm really uncomfortable. Yep. And if you It's not that hard. If you advance past that point, then you start committing committing yeah, crimes. Then it's a problem. Right? Mm-hmm. If you do not like and it's like I don't know how anyone in this world can can navigate this territory because we are now at a point not where okay someone tells you no and you keep going and you should be you you're you that is really a problem and everyone knows that's a problem and it shouldn't be allowed on the other side like we're now at a point where you know someone tries something the person does not express any level of being uncomfortable of saying no of of anything mm-hmm. and the other person is supposed to read their mind and understand apparently that they're not supposed to do x y and z and uh, you know and 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 also it's all retroactive For many of these people in, in this case and in others say things like you know i got home and we did this thing and then you know a couple of days later i was talking about it with my friend and i realized how uncomfortable i felt i was like well wait well, a minute that's too late now that's too late. Like you're too late. You need to express it at the time. Yes, we've all had bad situations. You know, bad situations where, like, afterward, you're like, "Oh, I kind of wish I didn't or you do regret that." It. Or, oh, gosh, yeah. that wasn't so great. That is very common in the human experience. In fact, you know, it's it's probably shown in every you know beer commercial you see during sporting <laughs> events, right? Like, uh, we all understand that you know in college. Maybe you drink too much. Maybe you do something you're not supposed to do. You don't feel proud of later. Maybe you feel like, you, you know, you would have rather had a better experience with a more uh, attractive mate. 
and you're mm -hmm. gosh you know beer goggles is a thing we all know because it's a mm -hmm. thing right mm -hmm. you don't get to later on say you know that person took advantage of me because i had my beer goggles on right like that these th it's mm -hmm. unfair to hold people to mind read Kreskin was impressive on television because he was supposedly has you know these extra <laughs> powers that was what we were all like oh wow like, the guy could yeah. you know look read envelopes and give funny answers to them uh, you know this is the type of thing that is supposed to be <clears throat> the reason we have communication you're supposed to communicate these things and and look I can understand, like, you know, they, they talk about this power structure thing all the time. You know, they did this, one of the, it was one of the big accusations with Louis C.K. You know, I know part of it with Matt Lauer. Yeah, and was what a, kind was of power part. did Louis C.K., what what yeah. was his position of power? Yeah. He's a comedian. Yeah. That's what famous. he is. He was famous. Okay. So he's powerful because he's famous? You can't say no to a famous person? Right. It's this, you really could. You could. People do. Um, you know, and, and especially since what he did happened on the phone some of the time. Some of the time, yes, on the phone. On the phone. Hang up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's this portrayal as women as mindless groupies, right? Yeah. They can't go up to a guy like Andrew Callahan hand because he's got a bunch of YouTube followers. They can't possibly say no. Ridiculous. They're they're mindless creatures yeah. who just who who are groupies and just go and find the famous person. And when they find him, if that person says they want to have sex with them, well, they got to do it. Gosh, gosh darn it. It's like, that's just a sickening portrayal of women. Right? It is. They, they, it is. What kind? What are you saying about them? And you know where the power structure doesn't come into play? With Tara Reid yeah, and that, that a matter. U.S. senator named Joe Biden. Uh, there was no, Nobody said anything about power structure there. Nope. In fact, they just ignored the whole accusation, despite Hillary Clinton saying uh, women have to be believed. Yeah. I mean, nobody believed her. Nope. Nobody paid any attention to her. Speaking of Clinton, Bill Clinton. A, Bill Clinton, too. Same thing. Yeah. No one no one cared about that. No one believed anything about that. It was women who, who accused him of <clears throat> rape, actual rape. My gosh, yeah. And are completely ignored. Jeez. So, like, we, there really is something. this bizarre double standard where if you take the pill that gives you the D after your name, you are cured of all of these ills. Mm-hmm. That's a real problem in our society. Um, but, you know, it's also a, a real problem just to put women in the position where they are these helpless. I, I don't know. I mean, we know a lot of women. I don't know anyone who would be like this. Now, there's a line here when you're talking about, you know, a an employer saying, basically, you'll you'll have sex with me or you'll lose this job. And that line. Oh, that's different is a crime mm -hmm. okay the quite clearly a crime but yeah going even beyond that for a second here pat i hope i teach my daughter well enough to 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 be able to look at a situation like that and value herself over the job right this does not in any way justify what a terrible person a man would you know in a, in a power, position of power threatening employment you know that that would be no way of justifying that that is a crime and the person should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law but I would hope my my daughter would say, "Hey, screw you! I don't care. I, I'm more important than this gig." Yeah, you know. And yeah. there's other act, gigs out there. Yeah, we act as if women are the, these people who are just completely incapable of expressing their own agency, mm. and that's not true. It's the opposite of of feminism. It's the opposite of female empowerment. You're taking all their power away and acting as if they're mindless robots that act on command of all men who make more money than them 
What a despicable, despicable it's portrayal insulting. of women. Yeah, really disgustingly insulting to women. Crazy. And, and the progressive left does it all the time. All the time. This is what they say. They say, well, gosh, well, women, you know, they're, they're in this, these roles where they just can't say no. Well, they can always say no. They should always say no, with the exception, of course, of someone trying to overpower them physically, which, again, is quite clearly a crime. Yeah. You know, that, that, that has to be expressed and should be expressed, and we should be encouraging women to express it. We should not be encouraging women to say, like, uh, oh, well, they can't say anything. Maybe afterward I can decide I was uncomfortable and we can go back and all, you know, you know, go after these men later on. What good does that do? Other than make people on Twitter feel good, what does that do? The events already occurred. It's very much preferable, too, if you don't wait 40 years to say something about it. Is that a fact? To me, yeah. uh, Maybe it's going way out on a limb. But I'm going to say, you know, speak up before it's been 40 years later. Just a good safety tip. Give it a try. Well, that was like the Bill Give Cosby situation yeah. where a lot of this happened. And it's like uh, Norm MacDonald said about that. He said, someone said, you know, the biggest problem with the Bill Cosby thing was the hypocrisy. And he said, you know, I disagree. I, I think it's the rape. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. and I kind of agree. All right. On yeah. That. yeah. All right. More coming up. All right. Let me tell you about the best in skincare. It's GenuCell. Uh, you know, there's some pretty exciting news for you to ring in the new year. Because the latest skincare innovation from GenuCell is the Microbiome Moisturizer. Now, this has the power of probiotics. This is the stuff that you get in, like, your yogurt. You know, so you could, I think, maybe in theory, get some yogurt and just smear it all over your face. I don't think it would work very well, but you could, it's legal to do in this country. But... I might want to recommend GenuCell instead. These are, uh, this is an incredible product. It, it, it goes after the bad bacteria in your skin, restores balance to your skin's protective barrier. It creates a shield around your skin from visible signs of aging. And now every GenuCell most popular package includes the new probiotic moisturizer as a gift with each order. GenuCell's most popular package is 70% off and includes the products you'll need for all your skincare needs, including those under-eye bags and puffiness. Go to GenuCell.com slash Beck, GenuCell.com slash Beck. Get your probiotic moisturizer today. You can enter the uh, word Beck at checkout for an extra 10% off your entire purchase. It's GenuCell.com slash Beck, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. Sign up for the free newsletter today at GlennBeck.com. Triple eight seven twenty seven B E C K is the phone number. It's Pat and Stu in for Glenn. I know Glenn; uh, he's got some stuff going on, and would appreciate your prayers uh, at this time. Uh, you know, you may have noticed him talking about this from time to time. He's had some struggles uh, in in his family uh, mm. over the past uh, few months, and one thing after another, really, it really is. It's been so, it's been tough, and yeah. he's he's talked about mm. a, a lot of it. You know, some of it's obviously private, but. You know, he, he, you know, Glenn, if anything, Glenn overshares. Yeah. Like, you know, (laughs) I know more about Glenn's life than I know about my life. (laughs) I think a lot of us feel that way. Which is, is, yeah, yeah, it's, Uh it's kind of the way uh, it goes. But uh, I know, you know, he he has these moments from time to time. We appreciate your understanding on that. And the thoughts and prayers would be, Mm -hmm. you know, very much appreciated. For sure. He is and his family. Um, So, uh, 888-727-BECK. 
by the way, you know, we're speaking of power dynamics and, and protecting women and how they can be better protected. Instead, you know what? Our society's going the other direction with a lot of these things. Uh, like this <clears throat> California teenage girl, she's 17 years old. She said during a city council meeting that she was terrified at the sight of a naked man in the women's locker room <laughs> as she's trying to shower at a YMCA. Uh, okay, so she was shocked. She went to the front desk at the after getting dressed and said, hey, there's a, a naked man in the women's shower. Yeah, he identifies as, women, you know, uh, as a woman, so. Wait. Okay, so that's that's okay. You don't you don't have a problem that he's in the women's locker room. Mm. We're just not protecting women. They don't care how women no. feel about it. Nope. If the biological man identifies as a woman, he can go in there anytime he wants. And there's no process of asking, right? No, there's no process of looking into whether he's he's for real, right, on the identifying thing, or is he just a pervert? Because there's not even a yeah. They don't even try to decipher. Like when he comes in, he doesn't say, "Hey, by the way, I identify as a woman. I'm going to go in there just so you guys know. I know it's a little bit of an odd situation. <laughs> right. Like that doesn't happen. No, just walks right in. Yeah, that's perfect. We got to stop that too. I mean, that's that's just crazy. Uh, all right, maybe back tomorrow or or, or Glenn maybe. We'll uh, we'll have to see. But in the meantime, have a great day.